This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. You're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Hello and welcome back. I'm Harbir Singh, co-director of the Mac Institute and a professor of management. You're listening to Mastering Innovation on SiriusXM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. If you have any questions during the show, give us a call at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. I'm pleased to welcome to the show Chris McCann. Chris is the president and chief executive officer of one eight hundred Flowers dot com. Chris joined the organization in nineteen eighty four and helped lead the disruption of the flower industry with the company's innovative use for innovative use for technology. Chris, thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you, Harbir. I'm really thrilled to be on the phone with you. This is nice. I'm delighted. And of course, flowers.com is uh, globally known. It has done extremely well. I just went to your website again before the show to uh, check it out, and I've ordered lots of things for lots of people. I was going to say, I hope you ordered when you went to the site. <laughs> yes. Thank you for being such a good customer. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so, you know, tell me more about the business. And, and the, the thought I had was, you know, online retail you know, has had a lot of turnover uh, just because customers keep moving to other things, right? And flowers.com has stayed very much a, a strong business. So tell us about it. Sure. And I think, you know, really we've constantly evolved our business. And I think that's one of the things that really has allowed us to continue to grow over the 40-plus years we're in business now mm-hmm. is that we're constantly reinventing our business. So we started as one flower shop in the Upper East Side of Manhattan. My brother started it and buying that shop in, uh, in, in Manhattan in 1976. Uh, and we started to expand then. And, you know, when I joined them full-time in 84, as you mentioned, we had 12 retail flower shops. Mm-hmm. But we really recognized that there was a change taking place with consumers around that time, and they were actually starting to get comfortable with a new technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, that technology was 800 telephone service. Uh, mm. And what we saw was they were starting to get comfortable by calling up the flower shop and having the flowers delivered instead of coming in to get them themselves. And it really started to change our business. And then we were able to get a hold of the 800 Flowers telephone number. And as you said, we really disrupted the floral industry and changed it overnight by embracing new technology. So early on, we saw a couple of things. One, that we needed to embrace change. One that we needed to second that we needed to stay close to our customers and mm-hmm. understand their changing beha- patterns and behaviors, and three that technology is often the driver of that change in consumer behavior. Mm-hmm. So we evolved our business from that brick and mortar operation into this tele- telephonic commerce business mm-hmm. in the mid to late 80s and into the early 90s. But as we moved forward into the early 90s in 1990, 91, we saw another new technology emerging that we said has a chance to disrupt. Us, so if anybody's going to disrupt us, let it be ourselves, of mm-hmm. course. And we moved into the online services back then, on, and we would launch a CompuServe store, Compu store in 1991. Uh, we embraced AOL early on. We were the first merchant to sell any product of any kind on AOL. I see. And That's interesting. It, we launched our first website in 95, and you know, clearly by 97, the consumer voted. There was all those different emerging technologies back then. But the consumer voted that the World Wide Web would be the winning technology. Mm-hmm. And we put our focus, focus on the next, the third wave of growth for us, 
uh, stores being in the first wave, telephone being the second wave of growth, and the third wave really being e-commerce. Right. And we just rode that wave and started to build out and expand our business as well, which I could come back to in a little bit. And then the next wave, the fourth wave of growth for us, was really then focusing on in the mid-2000s the emergence of mobile technology mm-hmm. and how that had the potential to change consumer behavior. And we all know how that has completely changed the way we live our lives. So we were fortunate to be involved in that early, in, in an early stage. And then today we think we're in the early stage of what will be the fifth change of of, of growth for us as a company. And that, that wave is uh, called is being called conversational commerce. Mm-hmm. So we've changed our business that way. And our business has also evolved to the point where what we've built a beer really is a celebrations ecosystem, what we call a platform for growth. And mm-hmm. on that now we have about a dozen brands really that span within the floral category, 1-800-Flowers.com, of course, and then a bunch of gourmet food gift pr- pr- uh, brands as well, like Harry and David, Cheryl's Cookies, the Popcorn Factory, uh, Fruit Bouquets, our newest edition that we just acquired a couple of weeks ago, Shari's Berries. And mm-hmm. we're able to bring these brands onto one platform, mm-hmm. uh, one commerce stack, one checkout, one customer account, one distribution platform, etc. So we can solve all of our customers' gifting needs. And we, that, that's how we look at ourselves. Our vision as a company is to help our customers express, connect, and celebrate. And it's mm-hmm. all of these mechanisms that allow us to do that. Very nice. So, so tell me about uh, you know, the flower business. Uh, you are sourcing from different parts of the world, I assume, and uh, you know, the, with, the, with all these uh, trade barriers and tariffs and so on, has there been any effect on, on uh, of course, all people sourcing will have an effect, but nevertheless, um, how have you dealt with some of those challenges? So we're very fortunate that on the floral side of our business, uh, we really have not been impacted by tariffs at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're right, Abir. We do source florals from all around the world. The majority, however, the majority of cut flowers in the United States come from really Colombia and Ecuador, and mm-hmm. then also domestically grown, mostly in the California region. Mm-hmm. So we really haven't had to deal with any tariff issues on the cut flower side. We deal with it a little bit on our gift basket business and a little bit on the floral business where we'll import some containers uh, that we create or put our gift baskets together in for Harry and David or 1-800-BASKETS and some of the containers we sell to our florists. But it's been a very minimal impact, and we're very fortunate for that. So then, as you um, you know, as you sort of uh, look at this uh, fresh, I mean, time-sensitive products like flowers, uh, it struck me that you know Amazon bought uh, Whole Foods, uh, and and most people thought about fresh groceries and can they be delivered? You've been doing this for a long, you've been doing fresh delivery for a long time, so maybe people just not aware of that, right? That uh, that this can be done and it's very reliable and. All of that, and you actually save time, don't you? Because it goes directly from your warehouse to the customer. Well, we on the floral side of our business, we do things a couple of different ways, uh, and not only have we been in the fresh. Uh, you know, perishable product business mm-hmm. for a long time, but we've been in the same-day delivery business forever. Right, that's uh, that's true. On, yeah. On the floral side of our business, the majority of our deliveries are made from by local florists from a network that we call BloomNet, mm-hmm. and we really believe that this business it's much better product than you get. We have some product that will ship 
by our, our logistics partner, FedEx, mm-hmm. that will ship overnight from a warehouse. But for the m- most part, they come from a local florist because these local florists, we really get to leverage their art. Seasonal capabilities, their creative capabilities, right, right. their local delivery capabilities. So it's a business that, you know, as you see the world now chasing not just perishable delivery of products, uh, but also trying to get the same day delivery. We've been there for a really long time. On the gourmet food side of our business, well, we, you know, those, those are real more shipped from our warehouses, and we, we manufacture most of that product itself on Harry and David. We grow our own mm-hmm. pears. We grow our own peaches. Oh, really? So in, so in certain pla- parts of our business, we're vertically integrated. Mm-hmm. On the floral side, ironically, we're not. Like I mentioned, we work with those retail florists. And even on the gourmet food side of our business, we're moving the product closer and closer to the customer so you can get that product next day and, in, in, in some cases, same day. So I'd like to ask you some questions, uh, just a question on, on um, you know, the new food delivery business that everybody seems to be in, but I'll just need to make a quick reset here. In case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Mastering Innovation on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Harbir Singh, and I'm speaking with Chris McCann. Chris is the president and CEO of Flowers.com. If you have a question, give us a call at one eight four four wharton That's one eight four four nine four two. 7866. So Chris, I think what I find really fascinating about your history and and your success is that you've been doing same-day delivery for a long time and you've kind of got it all worked out. And, uh, you know, now um, lots of things have been delivered to homes, right? And Uber Eats is delivering food and, you know, uh, the, the delivery of perishables has risen dramatically. So what um, are the pitfalls that people might need to overcome. Sure. So at 1-800-Flowers.com, as you mentioned, we've been in this business for a long time of the same-day delivery capabilities, next-day delivery capabilities, perishable product. And I think what people underestimated and I, is really the complexity and the cost of same-day yeah, the cost, right? mile yeah. delivery. And I think we've seen that as a lot of companies have got gotten into that business and a lot have really failed, underestimating the cost and complexity side of it. Mm-hmm. We're seeing companies, I think... What I see is companies that set up to do it, like you mentioned, Uber Eats, and it's an add-on feature maybe of their existing core product line, they mm-hmm. might be able to do that. The, the companies that set up just to be a distribution company, uh, that, that, that's challenging because you really have to have a large amount of demand to really make it work. I know we work very closely with the folks at FedEx who are just a fantastic logistical operation. Right. Uh, and, you know, they know that last-mile delivery is the most costly and most complex, and I think often companies underestimate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so, so we've been doing it for a long time. We have the ability and the fortunate pleasure to work with these local florists that are established around the country. Right. have been in the delivery business already, and we're able to add into the, leveraging their expertise, their creative expertise. So we, we've been very good at harnessing the capabilities of a network of businesses. And, of course, you've had, you know, you've had many years to refine that the, the execution of the operations related to that. And I was thinking, I remember reading uh, somewhere uh, that uh, in the grocery delivery, for example, um, people lose money because of the cost of delivery, but then it's a convenience and it's a way to you know, gain customers. So I think what you're, a part of what I heard you say is that in your case, over time, that has been built in. And you're not doing, you're actually, the margin is in the flowers and in, and the delivery is part of the cost, right? So 
there has been an equilibration already, which yeah, that, others need yeah. to deal with now. That, that, that's that's a good comment, Kabir. I think it again because we've been do, doing it so time so long for such a long time. We have good data behind us. We're able to forecast by SKU level, by delivery date, by zip code, what we should expect at our peak times. We're able to share that information with our florist partners so they can prepare for it. We help them on the supply chain side of things. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of moving pieces, but over time, I think as a company, we just get better and better at it. And, and tell me more about your sort of broadening the portfolio to include, you know, Harry and David and then Shari's Berries. Uh, how, do, how do you sort of, I can of course see the logic of those, um, but you need to you sort of onboard them and you need to build consistency or see where they need to be left alone. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, and that's been a real strong part of our growth. And I think it goes back to even, as I mentioned during our first part of the conversation, we make sure we stay close with our customers and understand not only how they're how their behavior is being changed by technology, how they engage with businesses being changed differently. But we, you know, as we grew as a floral company early on, we asked our customers, well, what other products are you utilizing to express, connect, and celebrate with the important people in your lives? Mm-hmm. And invariably, it was different forms of gourmet food gifting. So by following our customer, it led us down that path into the mm-hmm. gourmet food category, where today... of our revenue is actually coming from the gourmet food brands in our collection. Mm. And as we've done that, we've we've either birthed brands like 1-800-Baskets.com or acquired brands like Cheryl's Cookies and Harry and David. Mm -hmm. Another one that we developed ourselves is, you know, launched ourselves as fruit bouquets. And then the largest, the latest one, which is a great example to your question, is Shari's Berries. Mm -hmm. So Shari's Berries was a brand that was part of a collection of other companies, FTD, ProFlowers, et cetera, that went bankrupt I see. Uh, this summer. And we bought this berries business out of bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. And the great thing, because of the platform for growth that we have built, mm-hmm. we were able to go live with that business hours after closing on our full platform, on our integrated commerce stack, our customer database, our, dis- our auto management system, our distribution platform that we put in place. Mm-hmm. So we, within hours of the close, we had that business running on top of our existing platform. Really was an, an impressive thing to see at my, our, our team pull off. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of the most impressive things I've seen from our team uh, ever, I think. Because originally our plan was that we might have to go dark for about six weeks, mm-hmm. and we had it up and live within about six hours. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that is... That is amazing. So the gourmet food part to me sounds a different business, right? Because um, you kind of you, know, you said you have, you produ- you produce it and and so on, and and then you also deliver it, right? Correct. So with Cheryl's, we have our own baking facility at the popcorn factory. We do pop our own popcorn. We have a candy kitchen at Harry and David. And we have big in the agricultural business at Harry and David, where, again, mm-hmm. we have about 750,000 pear trees, 40,000 uh, peach trees, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So, so we're really you know, vertically integrated on that side of the business. And we, didn't, we did that in a very diligent process as we moved into the food category to make sure that the, the demand was there first work with other partners as we grow the demand, and then when it gets to a certain level of volume, we're comfortable taking on that inventory exposure because it helps us increase our gross margins. And more importantly, it helps us really get full control over the quality of the product that we deliver to our customers. Mm -hmm. 
How do you, um, you know, there's a lot of information technology involved, and uh, I think I also saw um, in uh, a, a discussion about the use of artificial intelligence and those kinds of things. So there's a, there's a, those are big technologies, a lot of investment, but also, um, you know, hiring people and so on. So tell us more about how you, what your technology strategy is. Sure. So I think from, you know, just stepping back and keep looking at the technology strategy from an overall perspective and not just from a distribution point of view, you know, we look to make sure that we're integrating our platform constantly, adding technologies to, to our celebrations ecosystem. Uh, and we look really focus, always make sure we're focusing on the technologies that enhance the customer experience. Mm-hmm. So whether we're utilizing things components of conversational commerce, which include artificial intelligence, which include voice interaction, which include uh, interacting with bots, uh, the use of AI where appropriate in our marketing channels, utilizing technology to really, first and foremost, enhance the experience, Mm -hmm. secondly, streamline the operation for us, and third, allow us to really have a very efficient distribution network so that we have a network of warehouses, especially on the food, now back to the food side of the business, a network of warehouses around the country that really helped us to optimize the delivery footprint mm-hmm. to get the product to the customer in as fast a time as possible. Uh, technology makes that work. All, all forms of automation make that work. While we're doing that, Harbia, at the same time, we are very reliant on great quality people in this business. So we have a business that runs about 3,000 people on a non-seasonal peak basis. But when we get into our peak seasons, we hire about an additional eight, or more than 8,000 people. Oh, I see. To, wow. To really help with that process. Hmm. So as much as we embrace technology, this is a business that's really that, that involves the human touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, we're, we're so close to our customers in, in the emotion of what they do that we're very fortunate that we have a caring team of people that are just obsessed with service. How do you handle your busiest days, you know, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, and then you have kind of, uh, you know, major logistical um, volume there, I assume, um, mm-hmm. and probably... Is that a place where your technology really helps you scale? Uh, because, and of course, I s- assume that the the seller who gets who's able to deliver most quickly is the one who can make it happen, right? Certainly. And, you know, we have our peak days, and Valentine's Day is one of them. Mother's Day is a peak day. Those are really both peak for our floral business. Our peak season, however, is the holiday season, mm-hmm. calendar Q4 that we're heading into shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and And... You're right. You know, the way we handle it, certainly technology and the ability to scale the technology to handle lots of customer interactions on the front end. And again, as we look at that, what we're looking to do with our technology is to really reinvent that one-to-one relationship that we had back at our first retail flower shop, Uh, but use technology to have that kind of one-to-one interaction at large-scale numbers. So we do that on the front end, and then on the back end, it's making sure that all of the planning has gone done, has been done so that we have our product positioned in the right warehouses around the country to make sure that we can get the speediest delivery. Because you're right, that's critical. And the way the consumer trends have been going for the last number of years now, our consumers are waiting later and later in the holiday cycle to place their orders, and the expectation is that you can get it there. We need to meet that expectation. There's no choice. Well, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful, wonderful discussion, and we've learned a lot about the the intensive technology investment you've been making, and it tells our listeners you really need to invest in mastering innovation. Thank you, Chris, for joining us. 
Thank you, Harbier. 1-800-Flowers, we're glad to help. Thanks so much. Uh, and thank you all so much for joining us. If you missed any of the last hour, please feel free to check it out on demand at SiriusXM app. And also be sure to follow our channel at, at on Twitter at BizRadio132. You can also follow the Mac Institute at our own Twitter handle, at Mac Institute. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. Thank you.